We're on. We're on. We're live. We're live. We're on. We're live. We're on. We're live. Facebook live. Everybody hear us? Facebook live. Let's let everybody dial in. I'm going to go onto my Facebook and find you. There you are. And I'm going to share this. First comment, get some swag. (laughs) Sharing it right now. Share it up. I am right now. That's on my timeline now, too. All right. There we go. And then I want to copy the link. See, this is how you do it when you're trying to share it on Twitter, Nick. I'm going to give you Twitter 101 here, buddy. Okay? You copy the link. Then you go to tweet. All right. And it's then easy. You... <laughs> I get it. Right? Now, what if I sign in on my Facebook here? Will it it's kick me out up? on there? No. What's going to happen is when I do this. Is... So I can sign in on my Facebook? Yeah. But what's, what you're going to see, okay, what you're going to see on that screen is what we're going on live except you're going to see a delay of the comments. Like you see somebody just care. posted a comment there. That's how I read them from there. There's Sean. That's who I was just talking to. Yeah. They come up as a delay. I don't care. But it's, hey, it's not a big deal. Dude, I can't remember the last time I was on Facebook on an actual computer. Really? So I don't use the computer. I don't own a computer other than my work computer, which I don't go on Facebook on my work computer because obviously I'm a diligent employee. <laughs> so I go on my phone. I hear you. And so I haven't been on Facebook on an actual computer in many years. All right, let me see if I can pull it up here so we can start getting some comments. All right, man, come on. We're getting feedback. Uh, no, I got quiet mode on. Come bro. on. That's this is I, a professional no pod. No more feedback. We have bro. all these, these viewers. Quiet mode. Quiet mode on. We have so many viewers right now that you're just not – you haven't even opened up with the official opening of the From the Hill podcast. I don't know. It's not quiet mode for me, so you're going to have to read the comments. That's fine. I don't know. That's why I'm here. Yep. That's, you're going to have to do it. Can you open up the show I'm, I'm, in a proper manner? I'm going to open the show, bro. Please. I'm going to open the show. They're waiting. I want to get my, my intro music, bro. Come oh, on, God. man. Look, I got a song picked out for us, buddy. What do you got? You ready? This yeah. is a great song. Let's go. What the hell is that thing? It's a speaker. That's loud. No, it's not as loud on there. It's only loud in here. It's very loud here. Yeah. That's how we got the headphones out. Open the show. What is up, everybody? Oh, greetings and salutations, everybody. You guys got to listen to us setting up there. That's typically what it's like when we do a show in studio. We're just arguing with each other the whole time. You guys just got to hear it, so it's kind of funny. What's up, everybody? Salutations. Nikki, what's up with this weather, bro? This is the Pacific Northwest. It's what you get when you live in the Pacific Northwest. This is awful. It ruined your softball plans for today, didn't it? It did, but, you know, I could use a a little rest. It's early in the season. It's a good time to get some rest for your legs after you've been playing three three nights a week for the last couple weeks. You did ask Coach T for a second base day. I did get a second base day, (laughs) a resting of the legs. I did do some running that day. Yeah. On account of two triples. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I also had two triples. So we'll share the stats live. Although you are making fun of my triples. You said my one triple was not legit. Uh, well, let's just say the defensive alignment that day was a little <laughs> bit off. And I, the coaching strategy was questionable at best. Did I pick on the right fielder? A little bit. Did? A yeah. little bit. It was the guy's first day on the job. And you may hey, have man. picked on him with a uh, 
what some would call a routine fly ball <laughs> and others would call a triple. <laughs> so, you know, you can make your own judgments. You know, all that matters is Big Joe put it down as a triple. That's all that matters. Mr. T, Mr. T is the official scorer of the From the Hill podcast. By so, the way, uh, I'm going to be, be mentioning Big Joe later because something that we talked about later in the show is going to come up. Uh, Big Joe had some input for the Phillies when we get to the Phillies and get their baseball talk. We're going to talk baseball. Yeah, buddy. Whoa. It's that time. You wow. know, we're only two games away from a quarter through the season, and I like to do a quarter season check, 56 games in. You get actually a feel for the season. Obviously, it's a long season. It's a grind, but yeah. it gives you an idea of what's going on. So Adam wants to talk a little Meghan Markle already. Yeah, all right, let's start. You want to start with the Royal Ew. Wedding? Yeah, let's start with the Royal Wedding. What did you think of that? What do you – I dude, I didn't I – did Don't lie to me. You watched it. I, I saw pictures on Twitter, and I, I approve. You I know, approve, it, Harry. Yeah. Well done. He outkicked his coverage, didn't he? Yeah, well, it's easy to do that when uh, you know her You're dress rich, alone Prince. costs four hundred thousand dollars. From what I've, from what I've been told. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. Uh, so when you ha- when you have that kind of dough, you know, you can outkick your coverage yeah. that way. She's a very attractive young lady. She does. Yeah, she does a nice job doing what she does. So I, I saw a, a meme today. It was uh, talking about her going to the palace from being on Deal or No Deal. So that's a pretty. Is big that step where for she's her. from? I, I heard I, she's an actress, but uh, I don't know if Deal or No Deal is that is that the only thing in her IMDb? I don't know. I just saw the meme. I didn't really like read into her too much, but I just saw that that she was on Deal or No Deal. I guess is one of the case girls. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> Coach T, what are your thoughts on Meghan Markle? Why don't you share in the comments? But keep it PG. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> so. While everybody puts up how much they like Meghan Markle, where I actually wanted to start was I want to do a quick like branding conversation for everybody out there. Vitamin water, good brand. Yeah, vitamin water. There you go. Sponsor the show. So for those of you that live in the area, the King of Prussia Acme is closing, and I, I sure I shared this story last week, but I wanted to bring it to everybody. So I was in there, I was getting lunch, and there's an older gentleman. Can I call me. T? Call T. Got buddy. You're getting lunch at Acme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a uh, fried chicken. It's good stuff. Fried chicken, grilled chicken, eight piece grilled chicken. It's like six bucks. Where is this Acme? It's in, uh, right off of 202 in King of Prussia. Well, it doesn't exist near anymore. the vacuum store. Yeah, well, where the vacuum store used to be. What is that place now? That moved now. There yeah. was like a giant vacuum outside. Yeah, yeah, that's that moved to uh, another shopping center. That's uh, that was an interesting place. I liked I liked the look of that place. Yeah. I never went in. The giant vacuum out front. No, I never got my vacuum. That's some sort of like I think audio equipment store now maybe. Cool. I can't remember All right, so that's where it's at. Yeah, well, that's where now it's gone because it's closing. So I'm in there, and the shelves are barren because the store's closing, right? And they're, they're not restocking it. Good looks, descriptive it word. It looks like a zombie apocalypse, right? <laughs> like, you know, you go to like the stores, and all the shelves are empty, and yeah. shit's all flying all over the place. Everything's expired. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. So I'm in line, and this nice older gentleman is in front of me, and he's got four ham steaks. You know what a ham steak is. Now, how old are we talking? He's probably in his late 60s. Little fella, I had I didn't know what a ham steak was, but you you did explain to me what a ham steak ham steak was um, when we talked about what yeah. we we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So I get, apparently in the the newspaper that they put out for coupons, it was buy one get one ham steaks. So he was getting two, he expired, wanted two for free. expired ham steaks with expired coupons, right? But they weren't honoring it because they're closing the store. <laughs> <laughs> so he like literally he goes, oh, wait, I can't get these for buy one get one. And they're like, no, nah, we're not honoring any coupons. So his first response, he's very, he's very, he's very upset now. Okay, he doesn't know what to do himself. Yeah. So his first response is, well, you know what? I, I don't think I'm ever going to come back to this store again. As such, the cashier responds, well, we're closing. So well, like the cashier guy. said, well, me either. Yeah, me either. I'm out of here. Too. I, I quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then the manager comes over because this is hauled up the line, right? Because this is like a this is the express line. There's a bunch of people behind us. Yeah. And she's pointing to the other place, like, oh, I'll take you at this register. And he turns her and he's like, wait, I can't use my coupons. And she goes, just goes, nope. 
and just walks away. Doesn't give him like a big explanation. She's just like, nope. And so then he proceeds to say, you know what? I'm never reading those newspapers again. As a matter of fact, I'm never coming to Acme again, ever. So no one else has read a newspaper. No one's read a newspaper for at least two years well, now. Is, yeah, he's an old guy. Yeah, that's so. That's interesting. So did he end up like uh, he left everything? Just he, punting he, the ham steaks down the not only down the produce did aisle. He tossed the ham steaks. He didn't buy anything else he had with him, and he stormed out of the place. But there's a lesson to be learned here. This is where I wanted to go with this, and this is an important thing for branding. What Acme needs to realize, because Acme obviously is not going out of business. It's just one store, right? They need to realize that when they're going to have a store closing like that, you need to bring people in to control that type of thing. Because if it's just that one guy, I can't imagine the amount of people that left there so angry, and they'll never go to another Acme again in their life. You're losing customers, and it's that brand loyalty. Uh, I disagree. I think it was a strategic closing, and I think that uh, Acme knows where they're – like so people from the King of Prussia, Bridgeport area, where, there's, where else can they go? Giant. Where's that? That's now the vacuum store is now right next to Giant. They moved from Acme to Giant. <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe Giant already chased them out of business. <laughs> yeah, there's Giant. Um, Acme's are closing everywhere. There's a there's a Wegman's on the other side of King of Prussia. Just shutting it down. The man is just shutting down the little guy. Acme yeah. Whole Foods is coming in, bro. They're just they're taking everybody out of business. Jeff, mm-hmm. it's our buddy Jeff. Mm-hmm. So it actually took me to where I want to go with brand loyalty. You know what the two strongest brands are that have the most brand loyalty? across consumer everywhere there's uh, two of them always number one and two always. wait give me a give me a hint like what it, what area so it's it's a very recognizable logo and they can do no wrong like their brand loyalty is akin to that of like a cult some people put the stickers on the back of their cars for no reason um and i'll give you a hint the symbols of fruit symbols of fruit. apple apple that's right apple's brand loyalty is unmatched Literally, and then, and then what's the second one? Is it Nike? That's a good one, but no, because they have strong brand loyalty, but not like this one. This one is in the motor vehicle realm, but it's not exactly a car. They don't make cars, right? But you'll see people put this stuff all over their cars. Vespa. <laughs> it's Harley Davidson. Harley uh, yeah, Davidson is always second because they can never do any wrong, right? People's brand loyalty to there's Harley. There's really no competition is, there. Well, I mean, there's plenty of other motorcycle manufacturers, yeah, but, but Harley Davidson's brand loyalty monopoly. is so strong. They're a monopoly, right? crushing it's because it. of their brand loyalty same thing with apple and from the hill also there's stickers on the back right. of the car so, so this is fourth right we here. have great brand loyalty yes all right so we have a a wawa versus sheets argument that's posted by alex geo alex is spelled with a y that's <laughs> and like this isn't even a discussion so especially where, given that we are in the pacific northwest everyone knows that Wawa dominates the Pacific Northwest. So does he like sheets better? Is that what he's saying? I don't know. I, I wouldn't post that on there. I, you don't want people knowing that. Yeah. I mean, we're not from upstate Pennsylvania here, buddy. Yeah. Come on. I need to be going to softball tournaments up there, bro, but you got to stay away from sheets. Yeah. The only, the only sheets I've been to is up, up near Reading, and it's akin to the Bridgeport Wawa in that it's... Well, choose your next statement. <laughs> <laughs> you better be careful talking about Bridgeport Wawa, buddy. It's interesting. All right. So, all right. So, Alex confirms Wawa for life, and he has also confirmed that life is spelled with a Y. With as a well. Y. Everything's spelled with a Y. Smart man. Yes. Smart man. So, next thing I want to talk about, which is pretty cool. We were talking last week about generic terms that you use for a proper name, right? We were. It was thrown around the, the friend thread. Right. Um, so there's a couple good ones out there. I want you to start. Give me your favorite. And then you want you go to the derogatory term, like if you're trying to, to hit somebody. All with right. A so I do have a favorite, and it's near and dear to me. I use it all the time, but I use it. It's kind of a. It's a term of endearment, right? 
So the one that I use personally, and some of you may have heard me use it before, is Holmes. <laughs> and, and this is very important. It's not Holmes. It's Holmes. You have to put the, the L, L in there. So I say, yo, what's up, Holmes? What's up, Holmes? Yo, Holmes, back up. Home slice. So you can use it in many different ways. The derogatory one for me is Bud. Bud? Yo, watch out, Bud. <laughs> yo, easy, Bud. Easy, Bud. That's my, that's my, those are my two go-tos. Okay. I like that. So, and when you do the, the Holmes, it's kind of like the bull with an H, Yeah, right? yeah. What's up, bull? What's up, bull? What's up? <laughs> yeah. Like bull with an H. So, so I use bull with an H, but there is some debate with my Delco faction of friends that bull is with two L's. Two L's? No. And I've never, no. I've never, so I'm fighting the good fight yeah, on no. that front. The official FTH take is it's B-U-H-L. Joey, bull. Joey Yanuzzi just joined, so he might be able to join the bull, bull. Bull, bull? Yeah. He, bull? Can, he can maybe. Okay speak to that we'll let him chime in the, on that for the viewers at home reading the comments so i wanted to give you my two so my my favorite is boss just the like the term of endearment you call everybody boss i hate that one. i love boss you call people boss and actually mm. i was watching i talked a lot about that andre the giant special that i loved that i thought was very interesting i still haven't gotten to that it's yet. very well done but he called everybody boss too and he had that like really weird french accent slash gigantor language so he'd be like Oh, it's okay, boss. It's okay, boss. <laughs> I can't do his What's voice. What's your second best impression? So <laughs> my go-to Go stinger, if I'm going to hit somebody hard, yeah. is Chief. Yeah. The Chief, I mean, Chief is always derogatory, right? It is. It's kind of, To me, Chief is kind of played out. Chief Chief is always a good shot. Like, okay, sorry, Chief. Yeah, sure, Chief. You hit somebody with a bud that's like very – you're talking down to them. Yeah, but people say "bud" all the time. Like you could think, "Hey, what's up?" But it's bud? a it's a total power play. Really? It's a total power play, okay. and you don't even know it. I call people "bud" all the time. Yeah, but if somebody Innocent overhears thing. that, they know I have power over you. Why? Because I call them "bud." Yeah, it's like the handshake when you grab the elbow. You have power. Yeah. Automatic. The old forearm to forearm. Exactly. You have power. It's a power play. Check it. Watch it on the in the on on the political front. <laughs> Check the handshakes. So it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very strategic power play. There's, there's, uh, there's some that came in and, and we had in the running that we threw out, right. That I have noted down. So we got boss buddy, dude. How about guy? Hey there, guy. What's up guy? Hey guy. Hey, I guy. feel like that's a New York thing. It's kind of a neutral thing though, right? Like just, yo guy. Where's, hey, I'm going to go see the guy. You yeah. yeah. The guy? That's a guy. It's a very Queensy thing. Yeah. Bro. Doug from King of Queens used to say guy all guy the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy. You got bro. So all my knowledge of Queens is based off of, of that uh, show of Doug Heffernan. I got gotcha. you. That's all I know. I got gotcha. you. Never been to Queens. No. Okay. I, I actually no. I I have. I visited. I think St. John's is in Queens. I think it is. I yeah. did a visit there. Okay. Queens. I didn't go. Queens, where Brooklyn at? Um, yeah. So I threw out bro. You got bro. Bro's a bro's a neutral one, right? You call everybody bro. Yeah. Bro. 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 Yeah. Uh, I threw in some fa uh, foreign ones too. Like, hey mate, that's my mate. Who's wow, my mate? Yeah. Or bloke. That's uh, more colloquial. Yeah, or bloke. Certainly. Yeah, bloke. And then sport. We were throwing that one around. Hey, yeah, sport. that's an elderly term. That is. And that's sort of a like a for a youngster, right? And then champ. Kiddo. Yeah. Champ. Champ. Yeah. I I'm sticking with my homes and my bud. Homes and bud. Yeah. That's good. It's Let us know natural. what you guys think. Tell, uh, what do you like to call people? Sometimes you do it by accident. Like Gargano got that nickname calling everybody Cuz because he's just a yo Cuz. What's up, Cuz? He calls everybody Mo. Uh, he does. And that's an interesting one. It is an interesting that one. That might be a South Philly thing. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Only him. Yeah. The Cuz thing I heard all the time. Yeah, right? so he put it in the comments. Cause. What is your go to? Um, what would go -to? you call that? Yeah. What would you call that? I call it the synonym for a proper name. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That one. All right. Maybe it's acronym. I don't know. Maybe Yo, so what's up. going on in the world of sports? Here we go. Sports betting. We're going to lead. This is the big lead. So this week. 
in sports, this is monumental. And I don't know how much people actually understand how monumental this is, but I did want to break this down for everybody because I also don't think people really understand what happened. So this week, the Supreme Court in a 7-2 to ruling ruled in favor of sports betting. But what does that mean exactly, right? What does it mean to get ruled in favor of sports betting? So what actually had happened, the reason that you couldn't bet on sports in this country is because there was a federal gambling statute that would put in place that say that states cannot allow sports betting, betting on sports legally, okay? There was only one place, obviously, that was Las Vegas, and then I believe Delaware had it passed, but it could only be on those little tickets. It was like a real special type of thing. So yeah, Delaware Park. Have you ever done the Delaware Park? I haven't. The ticket, the ten. Yeah, you the, can the go pick down 10. there. Yeah, you can go down there and do the tickets. We used to do that all the time. Yeah, I've not time, done but it's a little 10. bit of a drive. It is. So Jersey actually is who won this Supreme Court battle. So they took it to the Supreme Court, and it was ruled that that statute violated the Tenth Amendment. Okay, essentially meaning that it's now cannot be enforced anymore. So then, then they won. Big deal, right? The next question that comes up is, well, so is sports gambling legal right now? And the answer is no. Yet. Yet. And the reason is now, what this does is this allows states to set up their own policies on how they want to handle sports gambling. So Jersey, Pennsylvania, California, Texas, they can put in their own rules and regulations surrounding sports gambling where you can do it it's at. It's the same thing with anything else. The, the states can, right now, they can make their own rules and laws regarding drinking and smoking and, and all that stuff as well. Correct. But what would be the problem? So the, actually, you bring up a good point. Let me ask you this. What would be, let me, let me ask you this scenario, right? Let's say, because Jersey was one of the last states to adopt 21 for the drinking age. Yeah. What would be the consequences if Jersey were to say, you know what, we want to let people that are under 21 drink. We want to go to 18. The feds can hold back federal grant money if they don't correct. agree with the... That's correct. They can hold back federal money if they're not applying. If I don't know if it's grant money, if, but if there's some kind of federal, federal right, fund federal that they can hold back. They hold back if the states do not apply with yeah. federal regulations. So they say, you don't want to listen to us? All right, well, you can't make any. You can't fix any of your roads. Right. You, you get no federal, federal money whatsoever. Yeah. Screw you, Jersey. You get bombed, you don't get the army. Stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So now these states now can control their own destiny. Poli sci. Yeah. I took a poli sci. That was uh, pretty minor. good. Yeah. I was impressed. You knew that. Poli sci minor. I didn't prep him for that, by the way. Nah. He just knew it. I know. So now states are allowed to make their own gambling rules, and we're going to see what happens now because this is this is big shit. Like this is a big deal. I think I think that you think it's it's a little bigger than it's going to be. So you don't think this is a big deal? I don't think it is. I really. So just listening to some of the the rhetoric that's gone around. Uh, this this week about it, people have been calling into stations across the country and saying people are going to lose their homes. They're going to get addicted to gambling, and people are. If you're going to do that, if you're going to start that, you've already begun that process, and it's not like you weren't able to gamble before. You can find anybody to, that can link you up to somebody if you really want to gamble that much. This might this might open the door a little bit, but I really think it's going to open the door for. Guys that, you know, Super Bowl Sunday want to put in a $20 bet. Oh, this, yeah. Hey, Ted, did you say, I put the $20 on. Uh, it's, just, it's just something fun to open the door up. I don't think it's going to cause any problems. I don't think the city is going to turn to, you know, Gotham and it's going to be like, do you, do you know what I mean? God, I like the analogy, like Gotham, like the yeah, scarecrow like, spreading his gas yeah, everywhere. It's like completely taken over by like degenerate, degenerate gamblers, gamblers and like, criminal masterminds i mean i feel like this country's already run by degenerate gamblers and criminal masterminds so if it people, won't make a big difference if people are gonna bet and they've already been betting 
So I agree with that. What I think the changes are going to be, right? And I'll give you an example where I think this will apply. So you you see like those Buffalo Wild Wing commercials, like those stupid commercials where guys are sitting there watching the games. I can see those commercials now being like the guys changing the rooting, like, oh man, this is, I need this minus eight and a half. (laughs) It's sitting there because they put $20 on it in a machine at Buffalo Wild Wings. What'll be interesting is if, is if bars and restaurants and stuff like that can start actually taking bets. That's what I'm saying. That's the interesting part. Like, where are they going to regulate this? So it's going to be statewide. I think here in Pennsylvania, we're going to have problems because of the way Pennsylvania regulates itself. For instance, you can still really only buy beer and liquor at beer and liquor stores. Some supermarkets can sell Some it limited. Super, yeah. But like, if you, go down, if you go down to North Carolina, you can buy it in a gas station. Yeah. Like, you can get it anywhere. But I mean, not even that. I mean, you can go to Maryland. You can go to, I don't know. That's you, what I'm saying. you might be able to do it in Jersey. Uh, I don't think you can in Jersey. Not yet. No, I don't think so. But Jersey. Uh, grocery stores certainly, and just the the entirety of the fact that every state's different. But I do think that a lot of the more progressive states are going to come up right away and hit this hard because they want to get that revenue and they want to see people placing bets with them. Which goes to the next point: How do you think this affects your local bookmakers? Well, who cares? I mean, this is the this is the argument for this is the same argument for marijuana. I mean, it really translates, I think, because you have this you have this kind of underworld that's going on and something that they've been trying to take out of the country for a while. Your illegal drug dealers. Drug dealers and you know, bookies and stuff like that. What effect does it have if you legalize and regulate it? I mean, if it's all out in the open, you know, you don't have to worry about breaking the law. You don't have to have these black markets for things where you have people tied up in prisons and stuff like that wasting taxpayers money now that's all out in the open it's all regulated so not only do you have you know all this stuff out in the open but you you also have a, a surplus so you're making money oh, on you're, this yeah stuff. you're like, generating tax yeah, dollars so, from it. so i think it'll have, have the opposite effect of gotham city i think it actually helps growth within cities and within states and right, stuff like because that. you're capitalizing on this type of revenue i'll tell you what i think about it on the bookie side and i, I sort of shared this before but I don't think it has any effect whatsoever, and I'll tell you why. And I don't think bookies go anywhere because, at least for me, or I think 90% of people that place bets now, the big differentiator between a bookkeeper and, let's say, a book, like an actual book, like a casino book, is that when you walk up to a casino book, you need to have your money in hand, $100 to place a $100 bet to get a ticket. That's true. But when I text my bookie, I don't have to give him shit. I just have to text him, yo, I want 100, and you don't have to give the money up front. Yeah, it's based on good faith. And that's Ooh, why people that. get so hooked into betting with bookies because they run up these huge tabs, but it's like almost fake money. Yeah, like and you that, don't have to actually put money up to place these bets. That's the other thing that, that's the other thing that um, you know, I, did, I didn't mention when I said that people were calling up and saying that, oh, everybody's going to you – know, you're going to get addicted to gambling and stuff like that. You're going to lose your house. Well – yeah, the casino is not taking the deed of your house. Right, they can't take like, money you don't have. Yeah, so you have to go up Most there. The so that's a good point. You have to go up there with cash in hand. So right. it's not, can you lose a lot of money? Yes. Sure, and but people you will. To, but you have to have the money. People will, but you know, what's the difference between that and a blackjack dealer? Nothing. What's the difference no, between that and, and playing poker or playing Nothing. craps or whatever? It's the same thing. Same thing. So, um. So let me. So you you play some you play some wagers, right? Oh my god, yeah. So will will this affect your personal relationship with your bookie? No, I mean it won't. Like I said, because for me, right, if I want to gamble, I say this all the time. If I want to gamble, I drive ten minutes to Valley Forge Casino. Actually, probably eight. I can hit it with a rock from here. 
but I'm not going to drive over there Sunday morning if I want to bet on NFL because I can just text my bookkeeper. <laughs> like, what? why would I? I have no reason to go do that when it's so convenient. Now, the, the thing is, if they come out with websites like they do in Jersey where you can gamble online and you can bet sports online, that may turn things different, right? Yeah, so I've never tried that stuff, but I have seen the, uh, the commercials for it. Right. Have you tried that out? Like, I the online? Well, because I don't live in Jersey. Okay, so you have to be in Jersey? Long. Like you can't just go online and do it? No, you can't. What, well, do, you, what do you have to do? How do you, you, how do you present where you live? I think it's geolocated. So if you try and log in from Pennsylvania, it's not going to work because you're sitting in, they're going to So GPS what if you or, drive across the bridge? And yeah, just, when you leave, I think it shuts down interesting or you wouldn't be able to get paid out i also think when you sign up for those you have to prove you're a jersey resident it's not that like you can be in jersey to do i think you have to be a jersey resident very well yeah yeah so that's uh it's an interesting debate i think there's a lot more to come on that and we'll see the big shoe to drop is going to be how do nfl owners get involved in this right because i think that they are going to want to have be able to capitalize on this since it's their product can you imagine going to the link and then there's a booth where you can go bet on the eagles <laughs> There, there has like, to be. Well, that's where you separate. That's where you separate the the league from from this regulation. So I, I don't think they can be involved because then that's when you have, the, you, that's when you have to start investigating players and point shaving and things like that. Which wow. all that stuff is, if it's going to be done, like like we mentioned, it's probably being done already. But you you have to separate kind of the the teams from that well the, like they they should have no involvement there's a couple of things that are floating under the radar here that i wanted to bring up before we move on so the first is that the nba owners have already said that they want a one percent cut of all nba profits betting from nba profits that the government takes in or states take in because it's their product so that's going to be a fight because essentially if they don't play then that doesn't exist right there's no media for nba betting if they don't run the games and they're paying to host the venues right but then generating this free revenue second piece which is even more under the radar which i don't think anybody's talking about yet is the ncaa side of this that's what i was just going to ask you is it, is it open up to that right and because right now remember the ncaa won't hold its tournaments where they have states that allow gambling so that, that like the ncaa won't go to vegas for tournaments they won't go to they pulled out north carolina before right they won't hold events in states that allow illegal gambling on sports because they're trying not to have that corruption. So how's that going to work now? If <laughs> What if like 30 states by the time the tournament comes around next year allow sports betting? I think if the states are smart, they all move that way. I mean, if, it's, if, it's, if they're not going to get hit by the federal government for any reason, I don't see why all of them wouldn't move that way because they're going to be taking money in. It's interesting to see, especially with the NCAA thing, because I think there's a lot – I don't know this – factually but i think there's a lot more going on in, in college for betting is there so do i yeah oh yeah would you say i mean there's more games so i mean there's obviously more the, the the event that's gambled on the most in america is not the super bowl it's the ncaa tournament every single person yeah. that runs a bracket where you bet on it right or you, like that is by far to me the most gambled on event and yet the most heavily regulated so there's it's the unstoppable force meets the immovable object right like what's going to give there if all these states go ahead and legalize gambling yeah it's interesting but you know like i said i really don't think you're going to see that big of a change i mean it's just going to be you can drive somewhere and put the bet in or you can call it the same guy you've been calling for 10 years and <laughs> keep doing your thing but you know i think it it does uh eliminate that that underworld i don't think it eliminates it at all but we'll disagree on that it, it puts a dent in it. it puts a dent in it for sure I agree with that. You know, so interesting. Good conversation. I hope we educated you guys about the actuality of the rules too, because a lot of people don't understand. They were asking me this week, like, you come here for your now? politics. Yeah. Come here for your. This is education. Exactly. Yeah. 
All right, so let's move on. Let's get hardcore sports. Let's start in the NBA. Yes. Let's start in the NBA playoffs. Let's start in the East. And uh, let me get your reaction right away, Nick, when I say Celtics up 2-0. Uh, not worried. I'm not worried about LeBron. They haven't played, they haven't played a home game the yet. The series hasn't started yet. The series right? hasn't started yet. I really think... I really think that LeBron is, uh, he's completely fine. He's done this before. I think he did it in 2007 when he started down 2-0 against, um, who was it? In 2007, they went down early. I forget who it was, but they came back, won four straight. He did it again in 2000, I want to say 2013, 2012 against uh, the Thunder. They went down two. They did. They is it, did. Is that true? Yeah, and the Thunder should have won that series. Maybe I'm making that, that up. That was the beginning of the end for KD and Russ. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it was the Thunder that came back. Maybe I was just I was listening. To I still think about the Thunder. This the Thunder should have won. But that no, series. I I am not I am not going to um, overlook LeBron in this series because he is the he is the end all be all with the Cavs, and I understand that he put up a uh, a crazy game on what was it Wednesday? Yeah. So he put up a great game when he had like 42 points or something Triple like that. Triple double. But the king of pacing did not pace himself in that game. No, he, he didn't. He came out ready to go. Well, and that shot to the head didn't help. No, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Those things happen in the game, but you still have to play. You have to play all four quarters. And I think he played, what was it? He played about three and a half quarters. And then the I'd fourth quarter, three, he, yeah, fourth he, quarter. He slowed down a little bit yeah. in that fourth quarter, right? Yeah. But there were, again, and it's happened game in, game out with the, the Cavs this year. It's they. If somebody can provide 20, 25 points to help him out a little bit, they're a dangerous team. And we just haven't seen that guy. Kevin Love had a good game. What do you have, like 20 or something like Kevin that? Kevin Love played well, but nobody else did. It but was nobody LeBron stepped and Kevin, up. That was it. It, it, it's, really, it's really just a bad team. I'll tell you what. what there are just a bad team, but I'm really not looking. I'm not going to say LeBron's done in this so series. So let me ask you this, because this is what struck me about the first two games in this series. And it, it goes back to the defensive side of the ball, because we talked about this. The Cavs are not a good defensive team, right? You brought it up. They're not. The thing that blows my mind is they brought these guys in. They brought in Nance, Clarkson, Hill, and Green, right? A bunch of younger guys mid- yeah. midseason to, for that youth, for their defense, for the athleticism. But they're not playing. Did you see that? They're not playing. Those guys aren't playing. They're doing it with the same old guys. J.R. Smith, Thompson, Corver. Uh, like, it's the same old guys out there. Well, you're going to get the same result. What does, that, what does that speak to? It speaks to two things. I think... The, you mentioned the youth and how young these guys are, and they may not be ready. So maybe Ty Lue's looking at that and saying, these guys aren't ready for, for this type of stage, especially in Boston. Um, and it's a tough place to play. I mean, face it, it's, it's just a tough place to play. It is. So for young guys to get in, so either it's Ty Lue doing a good job and looking out for his players, or it's Ty Lue doing a horrendous job and not not making the rotation so, changes that's that right. he's supposed to, which I, I'm leaning more to. Because that. I could say the same thing about Boston. They've got a bunch of young guys. Why are they ready for the stage? And the Cavs' young guys are not. Well, again. Because Brad Stevens is a great coach, and Ty Lue is an average coach at so, best. So you can say that, but also they're playing at home in a – in a, in a friendly environment for them. So let's see what those guys do when they go on the road. Okay. Because we didn't see, we didn't see this, this aspect in the Sixers series because it was two young teams going after true, each other. Very true. And the home road thing didn't really come into effect. I mean, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they come into Cleveland and play. Oh, so, so because think- it's going to be the first time, it's going to be the first time that they're facing a somewhat seasoned team with, some veterans on it. Oh, sure. I mean, even the, the Celtics are a good mix. Even when they, and, and even when they played the Bucks, when they played the Bucks, Bucks are young. They're younger. The they're are younger, young. but yeah. like they went from a young team. It's two young teams playing. 
in the second round. Two young teams playing when they played the Sixers, and now they're seeing right. guys that have been there before. Well, so so then, let's see what they do on the road. So to that point, do you think the Cavs' young guys get more time at home because maybe they're more comfortable at home than on the road? Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Yeah. That's what I was saying. If Ty Lue has a brain in his head, you know, put him in now. You know, when guys need breathers, guys like JR and Corver's not playing any defense at all. No. He's in there to hawk up can. threes whenever. whenever. Right. I mean, it, it, somebody has to step up, and it has, to be, it has to be one of these veteran guys. I agree. I mean, I think, first off, a Kevin, it can't be LeBron and Kevin Love, and that's it. And we've said that all year, right? Those two guys are not going to win you a series. They're not going to do it. You need other guys to step up. Uh, I, my thing is, when I look at the roster, right, for, when I look at J.R. Smith, he's just a streaky shooter who's maybe an average defender. I know he tries on defense, but he's getting up there. What's like? Why would you not let Clarkson play? He's more athletic. He's younger. He's faster. I thought Hill was a baller. I, like, what's up with these guys? Larry Nance is a big kid. They're getting killed on the glass. Like, he can't. He can't get any time. I honestly, and this goes back to Tyloo. I really don't think that they have a, a, a offensive, at this point, defensive strategy at all. I think it's just uh, let's get down the court and see what LeBron wants to draw up on the fly. Right. You know, everybody clear out this way. And let's see what LeBron right. is. And if, is he going to shoot right. a jumper? Or is he going to drive? Is he going to shoot a jumper? Or is he going to drive? If Corver and Love and J.R. Smith can't hit their open threes, then their offense is nothing, right? And last the game two in the second half, they shot like absolute garbage, and the Celtics did not. By the way, when you look at the the defense, because obviously you know I love defense efficiency. The Celtics are the second defensive efficient team in the NBA, and the Cavs are twenty seventh. The Celtics got a ton of open threes, right? They got a ton of open looks, and all the Celtics shots or sorry the Cavs defense against Celtics they're getting open threes but the Celtics are getting open looks against the Cavs so like you can't have it you can't if the Cavs are shooting contested threes and the Celtics are shooting uncontested threes who do you think is gonna make more the Celtics yeah I think what it really comes down to is LeBron is the only guy on the floor that is allowed to pace himself and all these all the guys on the floor for the Cavs are looking at LeBron like, oh, he takes a couple, you know, he takes a playoff here and there. Well, guys, there's a reason LeBron's taking yeah. a playoff because he's he's carrying your whole team. So he needs he needs some some a breather in between. And these guys are trying to do the same thing, like pace themselves. Like, listen, J.R. Smith, we don't need you in for 48 minutes. No. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, we we don't even need, need you in well, for you kind of need, need him in we, there to rebound. We need you in for we need you in for 30 plus. He's got to play 35. Uh, 35 minutes. Yeah. But we don't like don't pace yourself, but no. don't don't hold back. Okay, we need you to go all out, and that and I've I've said it a million times. Defense is defense is an energy thing. It's a heart thing. Yes. It's a it's a totally um, agree. It, it's a complete you gotta, you effort. Want to do it? It's a complete effort thing. So when you see them completely coasting on defense, they, there's just no there's no drive there. That's where the young guys may be able and to pitch in at home. That's what I mean. And look at the Celtics on the other end. They play such tenacious defense all the time, right? I wanted to bring up a guy who it's funny to me. So I watch the games and I'm seeing him make threes, right? And I constantly repeated myself. Oh, let me say, let me, can, I, can, I, wait, can I say? Yeah. Is it Baines? No, no, not him. Why is he shooting threes? I don't He's know. He's making them. He is, but, but he, this is the crazy thing. I'm going to give you a guy's name and you tell me if you think he's shooting well in the playoffs. Marcus Smart. I don't necessarily think shooting well. He, I see him making threes, right? And I'm like, why is this guy making threes? He's a horrible three-point shooter. So I is know he, he is. is. he shooting well? Well, I got the stats. Go That's what I'm going to ask you. Do you think he is or Drop not? Drop it. Here you go. Ready? Drop it. So I don't think, I don't think so. Personally. For his career, he's a 29% three-point shooter. That's bad. Okay? It's really bad in the NBA. This season, he improved slightly up to 30%. He still stinks. He's a bad three-point shooter. always has been. 
in my head, because I watched the Sixers series and I've watched both the Cavs games and I see him making some threes. I'm like, wait, is Marcus Smart like improving his shot? He's shooting 22% from the, the playoffs. Three. Yeah, 22% from the three in the wow. playoffs. Like, let the guy shoot. Well, guess who, guess who is their most uh, efficient three-point shooter? Uh, I be- guess. I believe, I know Rozier's shooting it like I'm going to really give you a well. hint. I just mentioned him 30 seconds ago. Oh, that ago. guy, Baines? Yeah, oh, dude. God. This guy's throwing up three balls. What's, he's like a big seven-footer. I know. And he's shooting like Kevin Durant. Doesn't Boston always have some it's so big, annoying. Ophi white guy? Like last year, it was Kelly Olenek. And now it's Brian Scalabrini. Guy, Scalabrini. <laughs> <laughs> they always have one of these guys, and it, it annoys me so much. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're, they are just shooting well, man. And Jalen Brown is kind of turning, he, well, he was turning up. I don't know how he did in game two. Rozier played really well the way in game that, two. The way that they came out in game one, um, they were all shooting pretty Yeah, well. they came out hot game one. Game two, they struggled in the first half, but then the second half, they obviously turned it around pretty quickly and shot the lights out in the second half and they're up 2-0. So yeah, to your point, that game, game three is tonight. We'll see what happens. Yes. Cavs Celtics. Uh, I didn't check the line yet. I actually should have because I, I, if you're, yeah, I could take a look. If you're betting and you're a betting man, you'd have to think that the Cavs have got to win this game, right? I mean, I don't see any. Other I'm going to say Cavs are a favorite. Yeah, they would probably be like a five or six point favorite, I would think, at home. All right, so while I'll t- he, I'll take a look. Yeah, while he checks on that line, let's move over to the other series, which is uh, I think the one we've all been waiting to see, and so far it's lived up, right? It's the Caval- or sorry, the Rockets and the Warriors in the West, and that series is tied at one one. It's really been a tale of two games to me uh, for that. And it's the odd thing about it is to me, it's been the way the Rockets played that have dictated the two games, not the Warriors. And I'll I'll sort of tell you why. So game one, they got blown off the court and it was because the Rockets were playing a lot of that ISO ball. Like James Harden, just hold the ball. Let me call it to you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Cleveland minus six. What'd I say? Minus five or minus six. I told you, bro. I told you. That's a big one. Big favorites. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a Cleveland line. See how good I am at predicting these lines. That's a Cleveland line. That was on air. I told you minus five or minus six. There you I called go. it. Good job. Buddy. Yeah. So Harden's just holding the ball till late in the shot clock, and then throwing up a bad shot, and the Warriors just run him out of town. But then game two, they go full adjustment. They're shooting quickly. They're moving the ball around, and Eric Gordon shot the lights out. They're shooting well. The whole team is, and the Rockets end up being the Warriors. So now we got a series. It's it was it was Freaky Friday. Yeah, it was. It was Freaky Wednesday. Yeah, it was flip. Tuesday. Rockets look like the Warriors. It was complete. It was a complete swap. So the Rockets became the Warriors, and the Warriors became the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. So everybody, tell me, the Warriors looked so slow on defense. Yeah, they did. And and the Rockets were actually moving the ball so well. That they were they were finding open guys and there was no warriors in sight. You know you know what I love about oh. this and I I have a lot of notes about this and it let me start by saying I do think Steph Curry still looks a little hurt so you know he's not moving the way he did but you see how they're attacking him on defense to your point the reason somebody's always open is because they're, every time they're running a high screen and roll and they get a switch on Steph and whoever has the ball attacks him attacks him and Steph is not a bad defender but he's small. And they're going after him every possession. I mean, literally, they went at him. Whoever had the ball, D'Antoni just said, if you have Steph on you, attack, 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 attack. Well, here's, here's, another, here's another take on Steph that everybody's coming up with is that uh, he, had, he only had 16 points. He played slow. He looked slow. He, looked, he wasn't shooting well. And now everybody's saying he's hurt. 
his his knee's still messed. I don't. Up. I don't think he's hurt. I think he's just not a hundred percent coming back off that injury yet. And then, of course, with that comes a little bit of conditioning. But what I think the problem is for him. We just talked about this in the last year. But it's such a convenient. It's such a it convenient is. It's, narrative. It's, is that you know, since it, the guy had a bad game, they played defense on him well. He didn't shoot well. Okay, oh, he must be hurt. Right. Why? No. He, look, if he's out there, if he's on the floor, then he's playing. He's not too hurt to play, so he's out there. I mean. Chris Paul is hobbling around with his Achilles last game, still playing and, and contributing. So I don't want I, like the injury is not a huge excuse to me. You shouldn't be able to use it. What I think is happening is we just talked about this with LeBron in the last series, whereas he has to take some defensive possessions off because he's exerting so much energy on offense. They're attacking Steph so hard on the defensive end that it's affecting his offense. And it's a great strategy. And by the way, on offense, they're running at Steph. They're, they've said, we're, we know Durant's going to get his. We know Clay will get his. And man, he, man, Durant, dude, Durant Durant's is, unbelievable. He's so good. You can't, I mean, how could you defend him anyway? Because he's 6'11, and you get your shot off whenever he wants. So he, they, they just say, you know what? Durant's going to get whatever he wants. Clay's going to get his open shots, but we're going we're gonna to run at Steph. We're going to double Steph, and we're going to attack him on both ends. And it worked in game two to a T because Steph looked like a non factor. Yeah. And again, let's see, let's see if they can continue this on the road. Because yeah, we know games Golden State is not a great place to play. No, it's not. Um, I don't. I don't know if either of these have either of these teams lost more than like two in a row the whole season. I doubt it. Not I know the Rockets, Rockets haven't. I don't think they've lost more than more than one game. Yeah, I doubt it. At a time, the entire season. No. So I mean, you don't get to sixty some wins that way. But if they can continue to move the ball the way they did and have guys wide open in places and have open shots, guys like Tucker, I, oh yeah, PJ Tucker having twenty seven. That's points. their offense. When you look at guys they have on the floor. Like we just talked about Gordon, Ariza, Tucker. These guys can make these open threes, and that's their offense is built to generate that. You let Paul and you let uh, Harden ball handle generate this, and these guys spread and get open, and that's what their offense is. Chuck up a bunch of threes. So my question is, do you think that James Harden allows this style of play to continue, or do you think that he he wants to go get his enough to I think kind of pull the team back? I, it's a good question. It's sort of his curse, right? Because if he does and handles the ball too much and doesn't distribute it enough, I think the Rockets will quickly fold again. So, personally, I don't think that he. I think that he will go back to his ISO ball yeah. and try to get his and try to be the 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 man. So, if you were looking for, I don't think they can sustain what they did in the other two. night. So, I you, really don't. Well, you know, I think the Warriors are going to win this series. I, I said in six. I, I don't think it goes further than that. I don't see the Rockets get more than two. Uh, and I agree with you. I think that if they can play that perfect type of game and hold Steph down, they can beat them. But I just can't see them doing that more than maybe twice. And they play what, tomorrow night? Uh, I believe it's tomorrow night, yeah. Chris Paul needs to talk to, to Harden and say, yo, we need to continue what we're doing. Because Chris Paul, he didn't have many points in the game, but he ran that offense. And he played very and, well. You know, the, there was that one play that he had that was like that fast break where he did the fake pass, had the guy move. That was a pretty that sweet move. Awesome. Had hit Tucker on the corner. And like you said, those wide open shots. You, they have guys on that team that can make those shots, and they've been doing it all year. Yeah. They so have. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make that seem like I was like throwing shade at Harden. No, but you're not. It's just he's the way player. that he. It's just the way that he. Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, and he did it in game one to them. I mean, it's 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 just clear he did it. Even he, the shots that he made in game two were they were heavily contested, yes. and he was just he, he's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's what he does. He's so good on offense, and it's funny you bring up Chris Paul that way with the ball handling because. Chris Paul was Kyrie before Kyrie. People don't remember. Oh, he, he, he was that. He was that crazy. He is the savvy vet. Yeah. I don't know if there's another savvy vet that I would rather have. Like CP? I mean, he's, he's, he can do it, man. I mean, 
he he sets up that offense and he controls the pace of the game. And like you were saying, what they did during that game is they would get the ball in, they would hurry it, they almost hurry it across oh, yeah. half court yep. so that they can get the offense set up, up. Tempo. They want more. They want more shots. They want more possessions. It's the math. So when that's when, when they're playing their best. When Paul has the ball, or even if Harden's bringing the ball up and they get the ball across half court quickly, they have time to set that offense up, move guys around, move the ball, and they have time to work with. Whereas before they were they were lazy getting it up. Wait, you know, let holding on to the ball, up. let the v- defense settle. Yep. The defense was moving with the ball. Then, oh, oh crap, there's two seconds on the shot clock. Right. Let's now throw behind our back. Chuck up a bad percentage shot. Exactly. Yep. So if they can stick with that, now it's going to be interesting to see what kind of moves Kerr is going to make to counter that and see what, what type of defense he can set up to, to I mean, because they looked, they looked defeated. Yes. The they, entire game. They, they did not look well, good. I mean, they weren't playing well offensively too, which always hurts the Warriors because the Warriors also like to play up pace. And when they're not shooting well, they don't look great. The thing about them is, though, they're such great shooters. And here, here's the scary part is that they had uh, two, three guys that just had off nights, and they don't have off nights more than once that's, in a row. That's what I'm saying. So be ready for yeah. them to when go I, off, especially at home. Yeah, when I looked up shooting percentage for the season, the Golden State's obviously number one in the league, and they're three-point percentage points higher than the next team. So, like, that's not going to happen again. And, and the thing is, the Rockets played almost a perfect game. Can you imagine all three of the Warriors guys not shooting well for? And it's just a no, because <laughs> it just we know from the past that it just doesn't happen. Right. So I agree with you. I mean, I like the Warriors unless Steph is really hurt. Right. Well, the, you know, the injury concern we really need to be talking about is Chris Paul because at the end of that game, he had his Achilles wrapped up and he was hobbling around at in the fourth quarter. Luckily, the Rockets were up like eighteen, so they could take him out. If he can't go, or if he's limited, I just don't think they have a chance. Like they need him to be out there and be giving maximum effort like he did in game two, or else they can't See, now possibly the, win a series. The difference there, the difference there between Curry and Paul is that Paul can, can even with that injury, if he's able to get on the, the floor, he is able to control the pace of the, He would be able to control the pace of that game because he he's not reliant on scoring right. to contribute to the game. Right. He's not solely reliant on his offense. Whereas I don't want to say Steph is solely reliant on his offense, but he's an offensive juggernaut. No, he I is. Mean, so if he he's is. injured to the point where he's not able to play to he's his full capability, it's going to affect him a lot more than it yes. would Chris Paul. Totally agree. So, he's not a factor. And what you see with him, right, and actually the commentators mentioned it during the game, is he got most of his points through layups. And that's odd for Steph because he wasn't shooting well. But even him getting to the cup, he doesn't get to the cup as effectively if he can't make his jump shots because then guys can play off of him and let him shoot that crazy 35-foot rainbow that usually he makes. But if he's not making it, why am I going to come out there and guard you and let you go by me? So, yeah, he's going to have to turn it around. I did want to give another shout-out to uh, Eric Gordon because he played lights out in game two. He looked really good. He's a good player. They got they got a lot of guys. It's there. hard to not be a good player when you're getting open looks. Like yeah, that. and he, well, he and he was beating guys off the dribble. He looked really good. I was surprised. Clay Thompson's a good defender, and I saw Eric Gordon break him down one time. Yeah, Thompson had he had an off night. He did. A lot of their guys had an uh, off just, night. But yeah. like we said, I don't think that we see that happening two times. No, in a row. and if you think about it, right in the pantheon of the series, if you're Golden State, you came out in Houston and won Game One. You can afford to lose Game Two. Exactly. That's, you, that's you know actually what, I mean? what what my buddy Matty O'Hara just said. He said the the Warriors accomplished what they needed to. They won a game that, that's on exactly the road. Right. Good call, man. And that's all you have to do. That's it. You, they went out. They got Game One. They're happy. They come out game two. They come out shooting flat. That deflates them quick, and they go, okay, well, whatever. We'll go back to Golden State up. Now, if Houston go, if Houston goes on the road and they take a game out there, it's then, a real then series. It's well, yeah, it's yeah. it's a series, and it's gonna, like I said, it's going to be tough. I I don't think they can keep up 
what they did the other night. I think it's going to be some close games, but I just think the Warriors have too they have too much firepower. I totally, I totally and, agree. And if you know if Steph is indeed healthy, uh, they just have too much. I'm telling you right now, the Warriors are the best team I've ever seen. They would be there's the best team I've ever seen. Never seen a team like this before. Yeah, dynasty man. Yep. Uh, until the Sixers in the next couple of years. Let's talk NHL playoffs. <laughs> but before we do, I wanted to bring up a note about something that's been really important in the NBA playoffs, and that's been home court advantage. Yes. Home court advantage has been extremely important. There's only been one team that didn't have home court advantage that advanced. Do you remember who that was? Hold on a sec. Let me go through. Let me go through. Oh, shoot. I'll give you a hint. Is it West Coast? Oh, the Pelicans. <laughs> Come on, Pelicans. Right, the Pelicans, because they swept the Blazers. Now, before you jump in front of me and go, oh, well, you know, because obviously the, all the higher seeds advance because they have home court, it's true. But if you look at the games won. In, Will says Utah. Was you, uh, Utah was the four seed, no? Or the five, was OKC the four? OKC was the higher seed, I think. Okay, that could be the, that could be the other one then. then there was I think two. so. We'll have to look that up. Check it. You could, he could be right. But. The thing is, all the games are won. It's been at a 70% clip, home teams winning on yes. their own floor. Yep. Flip that to the NHL playoffs, right? The series we have right now, the Caps-Lightning is 2-2. Lightning won last night. All four games have been won by the road team in that series. How crazy is that? It, it is crazy, but you know, on its face, it looks like the same type sport, like a flow sport where there, there's a lot of up and back. But... Basketball is a much more momentum-driven game because you're putting the ball in the bucket, you know, however many times, 60 times a night. You know, you're scoring points, whereas in hockey, you only get like two, three goals a night to, yeah. to have the crowd really play that kind of factor. Oh, I agree with you, and I've always said that I feel like basketball is so much more of a home field advantage than hockey is. Although, an interesting thing about the series is you have to look at the places now. Because Tampa is infamous for that shitty ice, right? Yeah, the soup ice. <laughs> yeah. So that can play into it, except they've lost both games at home in that series. So that doesn't didn't help them with people coming there. I mean, for years, people have complained about having to play playoffs in Tampa because it's May and it's warm and the ice is soup and it sucks. Which is interesting. So how, how has the ice been in Vegas? That's a good question. You know, I, I haven't heard any complaints about the ice in Vegas, but I think to the same point, Vegas, it's a dry ice. Yeah, yeah. They have they've got all these golden plates of and money stacks underneath the ice to keep it nice and cold. I think Vegas is such a newer facility and, and all that stuff. Tampa is kind of like right. I mean, it's Tampa. Yeah, I barely remember they have a team. Except the Lightning are always good for some reason. I don't understand why. Good management. Yeah. So that series is two two. One thing I wanted to mention, I'll have to eat crow because I didn't think that the Caps could get through the Penguins, and they did surprisingly, right? They Alex the Great finally gets through to the next round. So I'm actually happy for him. I'm tired of seeing the Penguins win. I respect them, but I still hate them. So I, I'm glad that the Capitals beat them. So that was nice to see them move on. Uh, and this has been a great series. The, the last two games have been right down to the wire. Very fun to watch. Playoff hockey is incredible. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens so, there. So as, as, as unexciting as these playoffs have been, there are some storylines that are going on in hockey right now the first with Ovechkin being very close to the finals I don't yep. think he's ever been there before has no. he ever been to the finals before no he hasn't so he's never been in the finals before and now we have a first time team of first the first year expansion, expansion team, team who is on the verge of getting into the finals and I have to ask you 
Um, is it is it good for hockey? Is it bad for hockey? What, I think it's what great. Say you? I think it's great for hockey. One, I think the Las Vegas movement was great. I think it's great for all leagues. I think I know it sucks that the Raiders are moving to Oakland. They're leaving Oakland, right? It sucks for Oakland. But I think the team moving to Vegas is great. I love that the Golden Knights have had such a good year. I've sort of talked about them whenever so, I had a chance. And so Matt wants to explain how an expansion team can be the best team in hockey. Um, and it wouldn't happen like that in any other sport. So for me, you know, I've played, I played hockey. I haven't played for the last year and a half, two years, but I played ice hockey and it is, it's like very team centric game where you can, you can get together with a group of guys and you don't have to necessarily be the fastest, strongest guys, but if you can move the puck and you have, it, it really is a team game where if you have a good feel with somebody, if you're, if you're, if you have a solid line, guys that know where you're at at all times, it makes it easier. It actually opens up the ice where if, if you know where everybody's at at all times, you can, you can kind of think two steps ahead. So I think that's what you're seeing in, go, in the uh, Golden Knights. I agree. And, and so the point I want to bring up too with hockey, right? And this is the difference. This is why you can do this, right? Because in hockey, you have 20 guys. You have four lines, right? 18, 20 guys on these rotations. And the ice, ice time per game, what's your star, average star get in an NHL game ice time? Maybe 20, 23 minutes? I don't even think it's, I don't think it's that much. Right. But in the NBA, your stars are getting, <laughs> in a 48-minute game, 47 minutes, right? Yeah. The, so you, when you look at the translation to sports, baseball and hockey are the two where not necessarily the best player or even best players, one or two on a team, get you a win because you need a bunch of different guys. You know, baseball, you need pitching. Hockey, you need goaltending. You need a bunch of different guys to contribute. And hockey is such a momentum game. Isn't it such a momentum game? Like you, so I'll give you an example. The Flyers were beating the Peng, beat the Penguins at one game, and they had, I think, a third of the shots total on goal. But they made three of them. And the Penguins are just peppering the goal, but the goalie is standing on his head, as they like to say, right? Yeah, and He's that's actually everything. That's something that Dave mentions on here is that the goalie plays a big part in that. Yes. And Flurry is playing unreal right now. Um, it, it's interesting how they selected the team. And how they put the team together. So, well, do you do you know how the expansion draft works? I believe I do. So, they each team has eight players that are protected. Correct. That, that you cannot select. Peck off. So there, there's probably some salary issues involved, but teams probably look at look at some guys that are aging or getting older and they may not want to resign or have their contract. You know, there's some contract aspect to it that. That's interesting, but I don't know all the details as far as that goes. So from the Golden Knights perspective, what they're probably looking for or what you would think that they'd be looking for is a group of young guys that they can get together so that they're not necessarily developed players just yet. So if, if, you have, if you're a team, you're going to protect your young potential stars and you're going to protect your actual stars. Some of the other guys you're going to leave sit out there, maybe guys that have been around the league on a number of different teams, Absolutely. veterans. Journeyman, so so from a, from stars. the Golden Knights perspective, you you would think that they would go in trying to find the youngest and the best prospects and kind of build a team. I think what they did was say, "Yo, let's let's like try to win right players. now. Let's yeah. like, let's go get the best players that we can get right they now." They came into this draft, and go put together a team that can win this year. They looked around at everybody available and said, "We're not building for the future. We're going to take the best players right now. We're going to take guys who are hungry, right?" And you think about it this way, and the the Knights have talked about this they sort of feel like a bunch of castaways because they came from teams they got pecked away where they weren't protected, the, right? So the, the teams put them up on the block. The one that Dave mentions right here, James Neal, he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. And he's been to a couple different teams, and he's not really stuck anywhere. Right. He's, he, he was one of those guys that was 
Um, he was supposed to be an up and coming star. Right. And when he was with the Penguins, he was playing. He was. He's playing well. He, he was one of their studs. I oh, think sure. they won a cup or two with him yeah, on the he's team. Yeah, playing well. So he's a veteran guy that's been there that knows how to lead or at least has seen how to lead. Yep. And maybe he's jumping in. And you know uh, what that does? Think about it like this, right? You get you're on a team and you're a kid or you don't get picked or something or you get drafted late, right? It puts a chip on your shoulder, right? I well, I don't know what that's like. I'm, oh, you don't know? That's like you always yeah. get picked first. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Former Narstown MVP here, folks. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so, but that's what happens. And you get a chip on these guys' shoulders and they're like, well, all of our respective teams didn't think highly of us enough to protect us. So we're going to come out and, as they say in Major League, win the whole fucking Yo, thing. easy. Family show. <laughs> Bleep, sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> Got friends and family on here. That's all right. All right, yeah. So it's – I would actually really like to see them win the whole thing. Me I would too. like to see them and, and the Capitals, obviously. The other teams – who else Who else is it's even in It's the Lightning it? and the Jets. The Lightning the other and team the Jets. In the, West, yeah. the Lightning's decent. I like Stamkos. Um, I hate the lightning. I really man. haven't. I really. I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a whole lot of it. I ch- I check in on it, but there's nothing that draws me in. Tampa and Winnipeg don't. They don't really draw. You're me You're not in. supposed to say that, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I love playoff hockey. Um, I mean, I'm not a, a religious watcher, but I do watch a lot of it because I, I love playoff hockey. I, I don't, used to. I used to a lot when I was still playing, and obviously, I check in on the Flyers all the time. But. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, I hate the Lightning, and it's a long-standing hatred because they. Where does it start? They spoiled the Flyers' run. Remember that? Eight Vincent, or nine years ago? Vincent and the, LeCavalier. And yeah, yep. Vinny LeCavalier and Martin Saint-Louis. Oh. Yeah, dude. He they, was a stud. They spoiled the Flyers in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I have hated them ever since. I hate them so much. The Flyers came out of nowhere that year, and I remember I was in North Carolina, I think Outer Banks, watching that about 10 years ago. Forget, I'm missing the dates. If anybody's on here, check that for me. And I think it was game six or seven that the Lightning knocked us out, and I, I hated him ever since. That's two Hall of Famers right there. They're great. They had another guy, too. Who was their third guy? Oh, It was Le Cavalier, St. Louis, and they had somebody else. They had, it was their big three. Do you know who it is? Uh, no, I'm trying to remember. That's why I'm asking you. No, I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. Does as anybody remember? As, said, as soon as you – yeah, Dave, if you know it, send it. Who was it? It was Martin St. Louis. Yeah, he was – What did he say? What did he say, 2008 or 2004? 2004, yeah, says. Yeah, that's what it was. So, wow, that was about 14 years ago. Yeah, I've hated the Lightning ever since. Their stupid logo, I hate them so much. Yeah. I was so I was so yoked on the Flyers that year. God, I hate them so much. Well, somebody check in with that the name of the, the last guy on the third line. As soon as you say it, I'll, it's going to I know. Gonna Me too. It's going to I can I can it's on the tip of my tongue. I it's like once to click. But yeah. we'll uh we'll keep going and, and send that out for us guys. So, Nick, you're going to be excited. We're going to do some baseball talk. You ready for baseball talk? Da-na-na-na-na-na. So I mentioned this when we first started about baseball talk. I, I was counting up the games. Um, the Phillies are 26-16 and 16 now, actually, which is good. But they're two games away from the quarter mark of the season. And I think it's a good spot to take a look at where teams stand at the quarter mark. Obviously, the baseball season is a freaking grind, right? I mean, it's 162 games. It's six and a half months. <laughs> like it's, yes. it's a long season. But a third of the way, you know, you'd rather be in, fi- in second and fifth or you know, first and fourth. So where I wanted to start before we got into all the teams, though, is the Robinson Cano thing. Yeah, it's it's really uh, – I don't know if you can call it a shame. It, it sucks. It sucks that a guy that was he's, – he's a Hall of Fame player. Um, Eight-time All-Star. Is now going to be eternally linked with steroids, and his entire career is going to be looked back at, and everybody's going to ask the question, kind of knowing the answer, uh, how he's sustained this greatness for so long. And um, – just another one bites the dust, man. It's really sad. It is. And there's two things I wanted to talk about with Brad this. Richards. The, that's it. Brad Richards. So, all right. Sorry. We're back, back to hockey. Let's jump back I to baseball. Brad Richards. All right. Good call. So 
here we go. Two things I want to talk about with Robinson Cano. The first is how it went down and why this bothers me so much. Do you know the actual story or am I going to be like, did you read into it? Because I read a lot into it. Uh, he broke his wrist or something like that. Well, yeah, that stuff I don't care about, about what he took and why yeah, and how LASIK, he got caught. LASIK. So he took, he took fromaticide, which is a masking agent. Sounds it's terrible. a water retention. It's for water retention. And it's a right. masking agent. Right. But And then Lasix flushes you. Right. And what happens is, he, 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 you know, this happened in the offseason. He tested positive in the offseason. Okay. okay. They, so he's known about this, but he appealed. And, right. and baseball won't go public with any of this stuff. Well, Which they shouldn't. Right. But what I don't think they should. What happened is, he also failed one prior to this, and he was tested for a PED. An actual, like, a PED that, that, it, that was clear that this was used as a masking agent. And so It's they, interesting you call it a PED. Yeah. A PED. PED. They brought it to him and said, look, we got you twice. This isn't your first. Right. The one that we're going to nip you for is this. Right. So, but if you don't turn down your appeal, we're going to release all this and you're going to get linked to whatever steroidal cream treatment, whatever, you know, he's going on with you. Okay. So he I didn't ha- know all that back. So then. he conceded and just said, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to have to take my 80 game, $14 million cut. So you look back at their, let's look back, back at 2009 when they were uh, with Andy Pettit and A-Rod and now Cano and who else? There was, there was probably a number of others that were linked to steroids on that team. Yep. And you look at the Phillies the Phillies season that year and they lost to the Yankees in the yeah, World Series. The steroid Yankees. Man. Mm-hmm. What yeah, could dude, have been? You know what even bugs me more about that? Speaking of a guy who was on that team, old Tex. I love Mark Teixeira in the media, by the way. He is really good. He came out afterwards and he said, first thing he said... When they asked him about it, I'm not surprised. He goes, I, I, look, I'm going to be fair. You know, I played with Robbie for a long time. I like him a lot. He's a friend of mine. But we see him walking around the clubhouse, yoked. You see his uh, his best friend or his trainer was linked to one of these Balco-type places. It's not the Balco, but it's a newer type of Balco. I forget the name. And it's like, you look, when you see guys, right? I put, actually put on my Facebook page the Vice thing about the steroid use right after this came out. You see these guys walking around the gym, or you see them walking around your clubhouse. You, you know who's on and who's not. Right? I have a problem with that. I have a problem with Teixeira coming out now and saying, "Oh, I'm not surprised." I, you know, I, I, I could have made this prediction. I see the guys that, who he's hanging around uh, around in the clubhouse. I see who he's hanging with and what he's doing and how he's hitting the ball and stuff like that. Well, then, why, you know, why don't you talk to the guy? Like you're the leader on that team. You're one of the vets on that team. Why don't you talk to the guy and pull him away from that side of things? It's like, dude, you're you like this Hall of Fame career going. Why don't you not screw it up? And now he's going to come out 10 years, 15 years later, or however long it's been, and he's going to say, oh, yeah, I knew that was going on. Well, See, if you knew it was going on, why didn't you do something I about it? I don't have a problem with it because I think at the time he's being a good teammate. But no, for a guy who was clean his whole career and Melky, put up great yeah. numbers, right, for a guy who was clean his whole career, <laughs> he hates that he has to compete against these guys who are in artificially enhanced. But you know what? It's not – you can't say you can't say that across the board. You can't say that across the board that everybody's – well, you could in artificial. baseball 15 years ago. See, but not 10 years ago. Not in 2009 when people were getting busted already. No, that was the beginning of the end of it. So people were getting busted and stuff like that. And I understand you want longevity. You want to get paid. You know, but he's been paid. How much money, do you, how much money can you can, – so now his legacy is going to be tarnished totally because, because he wanted to put up is another year. Absolutely. I mean, we're sort of forgetting Absolutely. about that with these guys. Absolutely we? it is. I Are mean, we starting to let these guys go? No. I don't think so. No. When you think Ryan Braun, do you think of it? Do you think of all his steroids and stuff like uh, that? Well, I, I just think of. When him. you think of A Rod, what do you think of? Oh, he's A Roid. When you think of Roger Clemens, what do you think of? Oh, uh, I actually don't with him. Well, I do. I don't. 
Rafael Palmeiro. Yeah, what do you well, think of? He's a cheating scumbag. I mean, Mark McGuire. There, Mark, I can go on. I can go right. on for like so. 10 McGuire, I guys. don't. McGuire, I don't because Why? McGuire hit fifty his rookie year before he was juicing. Like, how do you a, know he wasn't juicing? He jumps on a team with Jose Canseco <laughs> in his first year. Well, that yeah. yeah so you know how I know, and that's, and that's why I have. So many. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on such a rant about this I, because I have so many theories on Ricky Henderson, who was on that team well, as you well. Know, you know, and I look at him. He's he's this skinny little dude, and then all of a sudden he's starting to fill out his uniform and he's popping home runs. But nobody ever talks about Ricky. So I'm I'm making grandiose statements and I'm making total dude, accusations this, right now. But where's Cahill? Cahill, are you on here? So Bob has the big conspiracy theory that there is a player in the Hall of Fame who juiced it's totally dude i it, Rick, i totally think ricky henderson yeah. juiced oh yeah how could you how could you have to look at everybody <laughs> on that team with jose canseco starting all this stuff up he's like the mad scientist giving everybody giving all these whatever he's giving out just a bowl in the clubhouse so how, whatever you want so how can you how can you literally say how can you just say that mark mcguire i pick and choose so uh, what do you think about bonds i think bonds was the second best player i'd ever seen before he took steroids how do, you, how do you know when he started and when he, you know? You could tell. No, you can't. When he came out, fuck, no, you dude. can't. When we talk about Bonds. When he came out to spring training that year, I think it was 2006 or 2005, <sighs> and he had that, like, halter top dress on, and the dude was busting out with muscles everywhere, and then you go back to when he was drafted and the dude was skinnier than me. Like, get out of here, bro. Like, come on. It was a joke. Absolute joke. Lenny Dykstra, you could tell. Yes. But Barry Bonds was... Barry Bonds was a monster. He's spilling out of his uniform but you know it's hard to say when you start it's his hard forms, to say when it starts with the size of my thighs i don't bro. know how quickly you you get that big i know it happens quickly but i don't know how quickly it happens well i mean his was a progression it was but i'm not going to sit here and say that he wasn't he wasn't a hall of famer before he started well, taking him but i just you just don't know when well i agree with that he's a 500 500 guy so so you can seriously say that you don't think of that when you talk about mark mcguire no i just don't care as much about it with mcguire you know like a guy well, like palmero or a guy like sosa never would have got those numbers without it i still feel like mcguire probably would have hit 500 home runs without it the dude was a monster when he came to the league and he was just big and country strong he was a pitcher McGuire? Yeah. Get out of here. He was a pitcher for uh for what do you, he went to USC. He was a pitcher. Not in Major League Baseball. Not in Major League Baseball, that's, but he but that's for USC. I think he was a pitcher. He was kind of skinnier. He was like a tall, skinnier guy. He wasn't I know. I have his rookie card, dude. Now look a, at him. He was a big well, yeah, of course. Obviously he took it. I'm saying. I don't know. I don't think you can give it a pass. I just pick and choose. I have to because it was my childhood, dude. There's only two <laughs> <laughs> I have to, man. There's only two people from that era who who came out of it totally unscathed. That's Junior and Frank Thomas, and the rest of them are all scumbag cheaters, right? Name me any other good players from there other than those two who did not in some way get linked to it. You can't. There's none. Bagwell, Biggio, A-Rod, Juan Gonzalez, Pudge, all of them. All of them juiced. Every single one of them. It's a, Dude, our childhood was littered with cheaters. Jeff Blauser. <laughs> yeah, he stunk. <laughs> Like all of them, dude. Even like those Braves teams. Look up and down that roster. Justice Juice, Crime Dog, linked to Juice. Klesko, so if you're gonna give somebody, all if you're cheated. gonna give somebody a pass, then then you have to give everybody a pass. No, I you don't. You can't pick and choose. I can pick and choose. No, because if, if you're saying everybody was using them back then and it was across the board fair, it was kind of an open game. If you you can use them or you or you can choose not to. If it's open season and you can make that you can make that decision on your own, and you're gonna give McGuire a pass no, for making that decision. I'm not. You can't. You can't. You know, I pick and choose. You can't punish everybody. This is the house of swags, and no. this is the king's palace. And for my baseball, because I grew up in the era of cheaters, I pick and choose. And I'll tell you why else I pick and choose. Because you look at a guy like Sammy Sosa, right, who was a fledgling in the league, awful, 
could barely make a team. But you know what team drafted him, by the way? You know where he started? I have his rookie card. Uh, Trivia. Mm-hmm. Those pale hosers from the Windy City. I was going to say. The White Sox. I didn't say yeah, He started with the White Sox. Drafted by the White Sox. He was horrible, and then all of a sudden he shows up one year, and dude's yoked out of his mind, smacking fifty home runs. Oh, I haven't looked at his stats. And you're like, bro, come on, man! Like, come on, dude. That's the kind of stuff that really I hated, and I always hated Sosa. Always did. Always so Will, will. will mentions a couple of names that came out unscathed. All right, what's he got? Tony Gwynn. Tony. Okay, I forgot Tony Gwynn. Great call, and but Jim not Tomey. a not a pa- oh. Hmm. Jim Tomey. You might think Jim Tomey's unscathed. What? You might think Jim Tomey's unscathed. Good, make an accusation. Jim Tomey was on those Indian teams with Albert Bell, Kenny Lofton, Roberto Alomar, Sandy Alomar, all juicers. And you're telling me that big country Tomey wasn't taking it? I don't know. You better better call somebody, bro. I don't know. It's the assumptions. I'm making assumptions about Ricky Henderson. You're making assumptions about Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey. Might be more than an assumption. And you're you're giving Mark McGuire a pass. I'm giving Mark McGuire a pass. I would give Tomey a pass, too, because I think he's big enough. Like Adam Dunn, big country. Because they're big enough? Because they're big enough. So what steroids does is it's not necessarily about the strength all the time. It's, it's about both. the longevity. It's, it's about the recovery it's about and longevity. Both. It's about the strength. Well, for Bonds, for instance, right? It was also about the strength. Because, look, it's not like Bonds couldn't hit home runs without it. But he hit the ball further with steroids, with getting bigger, stronger. I mean, that's just the bottom line. With some of these guys, it's about both. For the pitchers, it's mostly about the longevity and the recovery. But for the hitters, it's about increasing how far you hit the ball as well as the recovery. But, dude, Bonds hit 45 home runs, 50-some home runs before he juiced. But then he starts juicing at 73 because he can hit the ball so much further because he's got 30 more pounds of muscle. No, I agree with you. He's a Hall of Fame player before he did it. But you, like I said, there's no you can't you can't put a timetable on it. You can't put a, a timestamp on it. Like this is when he started because you'll never know. No, I agree with that point. It's so, hard. To, it's really so when hard you do get hit with it, when you do get hit with it, it taints your whole career. It doesn't just taint a part of your career. And that's what I'm saying about Cano is now that it puts it puts a, a damper on what he's done so far to I this point. That. And it's the my point was that you think when you say these certain names, you say Ryan Braun, you say A-Rod, you say now Cano, you're going to th- immediately, it's going to be the first thing you How think of. Manny? And there's always going to be a star next to your name. Manny as well. Not Manny. It's, it, it, across the board. Anybody that's been called out for it, it you're going to. You know who gets a pass that I think we're leaving off the list who gets a pass? Oh. Big Poppy. You know he was linked in the Mitchell Report. But there's never uh, we so, give him a pass for. There's for so why. many names. There's so many names that come out. He's a guy, right? That we were just talking about with Sosa. He's a guy. What team was Poppy on before he was in the Red Sox? There's no trivia for you. Oh come on! I know this one. I definitely know this one. He was on the. He was uh, the Twins. That's correct. The Twins. Yes. So he was not a good player for the Twins. All of a sudden, shows up in Boston, a little beefier, <laughs> right? A little beefed up, and now he's big Poppy. There's no test for him. There's no, there's no, there's no test results. I agree. Well, well, there might be, I mean, you don't get mentioned in the Mitch report for no reason that every single person that got list like this, that was right. Was Piazza in there? Yeah. Or Piazza? Yeah. He He was was. in the Mitch report. So he's in the hall of fame. Yeah. There's a number of guys that are questionable that, Mm -hmm. that made it. Biggio's hall of fame. Yeah. He was listed. I think he was absolutely juicing. I don't know if he should have made Hall of Fame. I'm not sure about Second that. base, that's why. You know that. Well, that Jeff works. Kent's out for some reason. Because they hate him. Because the sports writers vote on it. And Jeff Kent is by far the all-time leading home run guy at second yeah, he's base. He's the best offensive second base. Ever. Man. But he'll never get in. Because... Besides juiced up Brett Boone. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Boone. Juiced up Brett Boone was really juiced good. Juiced up Brett Boone could hit some bombs. Yeah. He was on that Mariners team with a wasn't he? 
He Jay, was. They set a record for wins in a season. Jay Buhner. Jay Buhner was on that team. Edgar Martinez. Yeah. John Olden. So here's a debate for you. Does Edgar Alex Martinez Cora? deserve to get into the Hall of Fame? They don't. They have never put a DH in. He's got Hall of Fame numbers, clearly, offensively. I think I think Poppy's the first DH to go in, and I think Martinez kind of limps in behind him if he's still on the. Oh, uh, I see. I, I don't want to make this this assumption. Poppy has I know to. Poppy has great numbers. Poppy's but the best DH of all time. I think Edgar Martinez is. No, Poppy's, Poppy is. Poppy probably has better absolutely. numbers. You're probably Poppy's right. You're probably right. I I don't want to come out without looking at their numbers to make that assertion, but you're you're probably right. You're probably right. Interesting. All right, interesting stuff. So, yeah, that's the Robinson Cano deal. And then I wanted to talk Phillies. Can we talk a little quick Phillies? You got your Phillies hat on? Yeah. Let's talk Phillies. So, Phillies playing better than I thought. They're playing all, better than everybody thought. Yeah, half game behind the Bravos. It's a good start. It's a good start to the season. Like you said, it's a, it's a long grind. And what I'm interested to see is how the bullpen holds up because we're starting to, we're starting to see some weakness in the bullpen and some of the decisions being made are being questioned. Yeah. As to who should be in, it's getting a little bit sloppy in the bullpen, and yes. uh, so, I think that's so the grind of the the major league baseball season. That's what needs to hold up. Is Adam is Adam on here? Adam just commented a while ago saying that you love saying taint. So I don't know who said taint. Maybe. Taint. <laughs> so I'm glad that Adam's on here because here comes Big Joe Tracy talk. So I wanted to bring up the bullpen. Profit's a good straight man as always because what came out yesterday was that they're going to go to closer by committee. Obviously. Hector Neris stinks as a closer, right? So me and, and the great big Joe T were talking about this last week at Plymouth that Neris is a bad closer and because he, he doesn't do anything that you want a closer to do. I have three categories for what I need a closer to do. Go for it. Okay. One, I need him to throw hard. He doesn't throw hard enough. Two, I need him to throw strikes. Okay. Okay. Two, and, and three, I need him to throw his off-speed pitch for a strike, and he can't do any of those. Okay, so here's the good thing about that is we have a closer. Do we? We do. His name is Sir Anthony. <laughs> Have you seen Sir Anthony? I don't think so. Sir Anthony does all those things that you just mentioned. That's he's, what we need. He's a new guy that just came up. He's been doing like some seventh, eighth inning stuff, I think. Well, they're going but closer by committee. But first, I want to ask you, do you think closer by committee works? Or do you have to have that assigned, no, this is my eighth inning guy. This is my ninth inning guy. Uh, there no. is not a single. There's not a single person that watches baseball that is more against the closer and the save than I am. Really? I think it is the most overrated really i think it i think the save is the most overrated stat in sports really i really do tell me why because i feel like you come in to get three outs and the the evolution of the closer is really it's a weird thing so they i guess it all started like the the closer role was like i don't know if it started in the 70s or whatever it was the late 70s Eckersley was like kind yeah. of, you know, gossage and guys like that were like the closers and now and then there was an evolution where it was like the Mitch Williams of the world where they, they these guys didn't even throw strikes. They just threw they hard and they smoke. were wild. Yeah, they came in through smoke. But they had no control whatsoever. No. And everything was kind of like, everything was shaky at the end of the game. Yeah. I never understood that. Why wouldn't you just have your most right. consistent guy? So the crazy thing about the closer in the early 90s, actually, you bring up a great point. In the early 90s, remember, there was a ton of closers. I'm trying to think of guys' names who come in through smoke but could not throw strikes. And they'd have like two walks three strikeouts <laughs> like the ninth inning would be just a disaster but they would they get the close because nobody could hit them because they just threw so hard and wild it just it just always blew my mind that now these guys that are coming in to get to get um these saves it's like they have to be the guy to get the save right because they're just trying to what's the mentality they're right? just trying to build up stats they're just trying to build up stats and build up 
And like they pay a lot more to pitch in the ninth than they do in the eighth, right? I get it, but these guys are not like consistent enough. No. Well, I'll tell you what my problem with Hector Neris is first off, the guy's afraid of his fastball and he throws that split. That's the only pitch he throws. And guess what? Let me tell you something about being a closer. The only person that can get away with throwing his split every pitch as a closer is Brad Lidge, and he's the last one that'll ever be able to do it because he had a perfect season, and he was afraid of his fastball, but he could throw that split for a strike. Neris can't throw it for a strike, so he comes in, and he throws it like it's coming in as a strike, but people know it's not his fastball, and it breaks off, and they don't swing, and he walks the guy. He walks the first hitter he faces like every game. I'm like, dude, if you're afraid of your fastball, you can't be a closer. I'm sorry. If you can't get your secondary if you can't get your secondary you pitches for a strike. over, the, over yeah. for a strike, then you're toast. You're toast. Because then you just sit dead red. Right. And you te- see that little split, 85 mile an hour turd. If it's above the strike zone, it's going to drop in. Or he throws just like 89 pos fastball and they're just teeing off on him. So, yeah. I don't know. I've never been a fan of closer by committee only because I t- sort of disagree with you on the setup. I think I like knowing we're going to go eighth, ninth. Look, the Phillies did it with Madsen and Lidge and they won a World Series. I think your bullpen is very important these days because starting pitching is only going to take you, especially with this guy, right? He's only going to take you to the sixth or seventh, maybe the fifth, because he's analytics pitch count guy. I think your bullpen is extremely important, and I think it's really important to know who your eighth and ninth inning guys are because it's the psyche of a team, right? Like they, It's important to know, okay, if we can get you to the eighth with a lead, we're going to hold this. That Phillies team had that, right? I mean, when, we got that, when that 2008 Phillies team got to the eighth, you knew they were going to win. Because Madsen's going to come in, close down the eighth, and then Lidge is come in, close down ninth. Yeah, but you, you need to it. have somebody to rely on to back your back your guys up. So you can't just blindly say this guy's my closer because if he does go through a struggle midway through the season, then you have to have somebody else that can kind of step in. And I understand that he's he's trying to massage egos and stuff like that, but yeah, it's kind of like hitting. Like so, throughout throughout the year, you're going to go into slumps. You're going to be throwing bad. You're going to have dead arm at some point. You're going to you're going to. I have to hit you with a joke. So. Most hitters will go through slumps. Well, you average hitters, not me, of course. Oh God. So <laughs> all right. So but what, what I was trying to say is you have to be you have to be flexible enough to if there is a guy going through a slump that's lasting that long, you, you need to work him back into that role slowly because eventually he'll come out of that 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 funk or whatever it is that's causing him to give up home runs and stuff like that. But you need to you need to look at it that way because it is a long season. So you can't just lock down and say this guy's my closer for the entire season because if he really stinks or if he's doing that bad, you need to give him some time to step away and kind of find his 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 role. Again. Maybe I just think I just think when I don't I look, think you just close think, your eyes and I say this the, guy's my closer for well, the whole I year. I think the Naris experiment at closer is done. That's my opinion. Sir Anthony, he's got the most blown saves in the league already. He's out. Get him out. I concur. But work him back in. You know, he's got to find a role somehow. I mean, I think he can maybe pitch in the seventh or eighth, but not the ninth. Well, it's it's been a good start for the Phillies. But like I said, I am worried about the, the bullpen has to hold up. And it's an underrated part of it's an underrated part of a team, but with the season being six months long or however long it is, you need a bullpen that's gonna hold up and you're gonna see the teams moving into the Moving into the playoffs and through the playoffs, they're going to have best bullpens. bullpens. That's how it is every year. It's like that def- stayed healthy and have been able to it's hold It's like up. defensive efficiency, bro. The best bullpens win championships. Sir Anthony Dominguez. That's how it works. Okay. He's our next closer. Sir Anthony's his first name? Yeah. Like Sir S- Anthony? S-E-R-A-N. I thought you were kidding. No, I swear. That's crazy. You haven't heard of the guy? No. Nah, he's a good pitcher. All right. 
Are we closing up? We're closing up, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey. We appreciate you joining us from the Hill. One of the couple things we wanted to say, I appreciate we threw this up on Nick's Facebook today, so appreciate everybody that jumped on. Appreciate everybody sharing your comments. Listen, guys, don't forget, if you don't already, please subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and the podcast application. It's free. It doesn't cost you guys anything, but it really helps us out. If you don't know how, ask Nick. Ask myself. I'll tell you how to do it. It's really easy. It's really important for us. So please, guys, if you get a chance and you like the content, just just give us a subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. We appreciate all the support. And we will be looking to start up. We're going to have this discussion. We're going to look to start up a From the Hill Twitter account uh, so that you guys can follow all the From the Hill news. We'll be retweeting all sports news, all pop culture news, uh, everything Royal Wedding. And, um, yeah, look for, look forward to that. And if you want your sign on the wall behind you, behind us, hit us up. You got a local business? You want to put your sign on the wall behind us like that good-looking one behind us? Let us know. That's it, guys. For the prof, swags out. See you.